You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Frugal Spender Podcast. This is episode number 31. My conversation in today's episode is with somebody who has influenced many, many people's finances, including my own. Even my nine-year-old daughter, Isla, would recognize her voice from listening to many videos when I was trying to get out of debt and learning all about this weird thing called personal finance. Today's conversation is with Jennifer Kempson, aka Mama Furfur. And if you don't know who Jennifer is, she is a Scottish award-winning content creator, best-selling author and entrepreneur, best known for her financial content on YouTube with coming up to nearly 100,000 subscribers. And over the past five years has created a wealth of content in the space of personal finance from YouTube to Instagram to her podcast with books and courses that have helped countless people. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation just as much as I did, so let's get into it. Hello, Jennifer, aka uh, Mama Furfa. Welcome to the Frugal Spender podcast. How are things with you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you for um, kind of the content that you've created over the years. You helped me stay motivated through getting out of debt two, two, three years ago. Um, You were one of probably three channels that I binge watched when I first YouTubed personal finance. Um, <laughs> Who were the others? No, we have to, we no I can tell you. Uh, one other, I've been uh, meaning, Meaningful Money, so Pete Matthew. So I've been on his podcast. I've told him the same thing. Um, I'm, I'm very <laughs> open about that. <laughs> uh, and the third was Dave Ramsey. Um, and I actually have told him as well uh, on his own. Uh, I called into his podcast, uh, his chat show, maybe two years ago. And I asked him a question and I told him that too. So I have done the full round robin of the three people that helped me get out of debt. I think that to be in that lineup, I'm going to take that as a token woman. I like that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good Mount Rushmore that I think, to, just to be sitting next to those two. But no, honestly, um, that's the first thing I want to say. Thank you very much. The content you have created has certainly helped me and probably I wouldn't be creating content had I not uh, got to the end result of being out of debt as a result of you know, some of the stuff that you've done. So thank you very much. Um, it's been really good to watch your journey from when I first started watching you to where you are now, um, going through sort of a lot of changes, one of which I can resonate with massively is kind of leaving your full-time, yep. we'll call it corporate if you want. Yep. Um, I, my job previously definitely wasn't corporate. Um, well, some say it is, but I, being in the police. Um, so I kind of took a weird direction that, off that. Um, and it's interesting to see, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on what it was like leaving, taking that big leap from being employed, having that sort of um, safe paycheck, mm. perhaps, to jumping into the unknown. Oh, wow. Okay. So a nice, easy question at the start. Then. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, probably similar to a lot of people, I didn't just, wake, I didn't wake up one day and decide I'm going to leave my job. It was very much that I built what I call a buffer, first of all. So by the time I was thinking of leaving my job, um, second maternity leave, it really kind of hit me that I didn't have freedom of choice. So I'd been working in the corporate world 12, 13 years, IT sales, gone from university straight to work, as you're meant to do. And when I was on that second maternity leave with my youngest, I realised that I had no choice but to work full time 
put my child to either my parents or somewhere else. And we had debt, we had all these bills and there was no way to crunch the numbers other than two people had to work full time. And I just thought to myself, that is no way that I'm meant to live. I should have freedom as a mother, as a father, whatever, to design life and for corporate life to fit in that as best as I can. So that was really the turning point for me. And from that moment onwards, I was inspired because I had a family and I wanted life to be different, that I picked up every single personal development book. I started going on YouTube. I started reading websites and people talking about passive income, people talking about designing businesses. Um, I'd had a business before, about 10 years before that, I ran a dance school. So I knew it was just part of me to like, kind of give service. Mm. And so for, so my youngest is now six. It was a good three, four years, that kind of part of his life where I was simultaneously working nine to five but also thinking, okay, how can I serve people? How can I make money passively, semi-passively, so that we're starting to get, you know, a comparison. It doesn't, you don't just have a job and then flip the switch, or not in my case, straight over. So that kind of went on. And there was one moment where um, obviously I started a YouTube channel, I felt inspired to do that, started a blog. And I remember the month where it happened where my day job equaled my blog my YouTube money, everything combined. And it was like, oh, this is again, possible. This is possible. But not only that, I'm working when I choose, but I'm passionate and it's it's growing, it's compounding. And obviously we love a good compounding analogy. <laughs> and that month, I really got a sense of this could actually be possible where you have a business that you love and passionate about, but also you can design life and so that was as I say that was probably a good um, two three years ago perhaps and then last January so nearly two years ago I left corporate world um, and I should say as part of that journey as well um, my husband at the time now going through a divorce um, I was able to retire him first and then I left the corporate world so from that month of making equal to my day job it it was exponential so it's not, and that's the beautiful thing. It's not like a corporate world where it's like the set wage. It's not predictable. It's not, you don't know where the reward is going to come. So in, in answer to your question, um, that, that's the excitement of having your own business as well or being passionate or thinking of ways. It's never going to be linear. I had also built up um, a buffer fund which meant we had months of savings you know could I do can we do this and trust me it was <laughs> it was edge of my seat you know this is like I'm leaving it and now this part of my journey I'm in where I'm now single I'm a single parent I'm paying all my bills I'm doing that I'm in that process again where I've had to trust that my business it has funds there and I'm using them but every day I still get up and I'm kind of taking a bit of a break and just working when I want. Every day I trust and go, okay, I'm still serving. I'm still producing what I think's right in this season right now. And the money is still appearing. And it's not just the money. It's also that kind of fulfillment piece. Mm -hmm. And I, I really do. I love that journey of my story of almost the letting go and just moving from faith, fear to faith that something is possible. So that's a... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's interesting because you've you've obviously been through that journey of kind of 
being employed, taking that leap, even though financially, you know, you would have been okay. You still, I mean, I know what it's like to be self-employed now. You're always worried, regardless of how much of a buffer you have, there's always this anxiety almost of like, is there going to be money coming in? How long is it going to last? Whether, whether you kind of, it's staring at your face and it is actually a problem or not. I think it always, it's always kind of in the back. So the fact that you've taken that leap previously, you, you at least know that it's, chances are it's going to be okay in the future. So even though you're in a new chapter in your life. <laughs> like I always joke and I say, look, if you experience running your own business, if you had to, you'd probably do something like, okay, let me work for Amazon or let me, you know, you'd you'd figure yeah. it out and then you go, right, come on. Especially if you've got kids, you're like, no, I'm making sure they're getting fed. So yeah. the, 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 you've got to take those leaps of faith sometimes and they're scary. But in my journey, it, for me, it was, I had to make sure there was that buffer. It felt like a graduation. There was those kind of key points where it felt good for someone else. I know that they can flip and just mm. go, no, I'm going to do it. But that was certainly my journey. I think I would would have been more likely to have taken a jump because I kind of, I'm I'm a good balance of pessimistic and optimistic. So I, I think I can, if there's a job that I hated, I've done it previously. Um, the job before I had last, actually, I thought to myself, this is, this is almost destroying me. Um, mm and my family and the ability to see my daughter, all those things that actually, when you get to a certain part of life, you realize that really is kind of the most important thing. Um, and I kind of took that leap and it, it, you know, it, luckily it all worked out. But my partner, Georgie, she is very much on the safe side. She is kind of, we have to have six months of money sitting in a bank account. Otherwise we're taking zero risk. Even when we came to beginning to invest, I was very much, put it all into 100% stocks. We're doing this, we're taking the risk because I've watched enough videos to know that's what I need to do. Um, and she obviously was like, no, I'm not risking this money. What if we lose it all? So yeah. I think it's good to have kind of two ends of the scale to balance that out. Absolutely. What I find with emergency funds and a buffer, the biggest thing for me that I felt and the people that I talk to about money is the kind of mental aspect of it, the yeah. kind of safety of it. And I wanted to get your thoughts on an emergency fund, a buffer, but also just like money in general, okay. how how you feel that that affects people's financial, physical, but most importantly, probably mental health. Um, oh, that's a huge question. So money, you can't dispute that money is important in the world. You need to be able to, you know, for the standard of living that you need the basic necessities and also where we live in the UK and, mm. and all that kind of thing. Your mindset is everything, but I would touch the point, it's the same with leaving the corporate world. It's also just the faith that something is possible and also being okay that it might fail, but you'll bounce back or there'll be something comes along. Um, my philosophy with money has certainly over the past couple of years become more um, like a spiritual and physical thing. So the way all of us interact and how money, money is just a medium that I transfer from you to, you know, to, between each other, because you've got something I can do that I can't. So we just use, it's been stones in the past. It's been salt. It's been all kinds of things. Right. And the moment though, we give that thing energy or, you know, it means something of value. That's where the interaction and the relationships have. And that's what's always been my focus with money it's making sure what i can put out there i'm not then aware of the value in terms of money or what that'll bring but i do believe it's offering service spiritually mentally it's got purpose it's got value mm -hmm. so what ripples after that is is a byproduct of that it's in my own journey right now there are days where you kind of go right 
got to go black and white logic. The bills have to be paid, all that. But I keep going back to this point as I've always been looked after with money. And so I will know when things start to feel, you know, uneasy. But equally, I'm still getting opportunities come my way. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of mindset you have to be. And you have to be, you say, right, okay, I'm good to receive what comes my way and also know that I'll keep serving as best as I can. So money is this amazing thing. Um, mm. We might go deeper into <laughs> I can Absolutely. talk about it. <laughs> no, it is, I think in, until you spend some time thinking about what money is and um, the fact that it's a tool rather than just this thing that you need to achieve and mm-hmm. when you get it, something changes. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why I, wanna, I wanted to get your opinion on the kind of mental health aspect because um, I, I've dealt with a lot of people with mental health issues in in previous um uh, my previous role as a police officer and a lot a lot of the issues um not all of them obviously but a lot of the issues stemmed from what i could determine as a result of something to do with money so whether it was whether it was the situation they were in um, their housing situation, um, their relationship as a result, being forced into that relationship because they couldn't afford another option. Or um, I've, I, I, I didn't realize until after I left the job, but when I look back, I think actually money played such a huge role. Uh, and people people don't think about it unless they spend the time actually learning this stuff, which as we know, most people don't. Um, mm-hmm. It took, you know, it took for me to type into to, to Google or YouTube personal finance to to get any of this information. It doesn't get taught to you at school. It doesn't get taught to you by most people's parents. Yeah. Um, how, how, how do you think we get that into in front of more people? How, how do we show money in a sort of positive light? Because obviously, of course, we can continue to create content as we both do. Um, mm. But certainly with YouTube and Google, unless you're searching it yourself, mm-hmm. you tend not to get forced this content upon you um which is kind of why although tiktok is the devil um (laughs) i i i I create quite a lot of content on there for the reason that it is it is forced onto people unwillingly (laughs) (laughs) in a good way (laughs) in a good way but in the sense that like they there could be uh you know a funny cat video and then the next video is a pen it's about a pension (laughs) (laughs) and that's it and um in life, though, remember, there's really three key areas for everyone. It's money and relationships and usually your health. You know, those are the kind of key areas. Um, so if you're lacking in any of those, it's going to have an effect and then, you know, bring out stressors, mental health and any of those things. You've touched upon money is one of the things that keeps people in relationships that they're trapped. That's a serious issue. It also means that people don't do things, don't follow through in their dreams and goals because they use money as that barrier. Okay, I really want to um, move house, or I really want to leave my job, or I really want to go traveling. Oh, I can't. Okay, so it shut down at that moment. And the flip side is just, but what if it was possible? What if the resources came to you, or you found a way? Um, and my brain always goes to, there'll be a possibility somewhere. <laughs> there'll be some way that we can actually make this happen, or it might not happen the way we want, but it could be possible. And so I think that's really key. How do we get conversation about money in front of more people? The algorithms and YouTube, we're not in control of, but I always hope that people, the right people will find my stuff. Mm-hmm. So the past, it's been five years nearly that I've been making content and I I don't know how people find me at all. It's just incredible, you know, mm-hmm. or if, you know, maybe somebody will recognize you in the street or and it will seem really, it seems really strange to me. 
But I do know that you'll get it as well. The people, it'll just be the right video at the right mm -hmm. time that will spark that little thing and go, oh, I get this. And they, room, they fly with it. That is the joy and the ripple effect you will never understand. And you're never meant to. You're never meant to know how many people you're affecting, I don't think. But it's the fact that you felt inspired to make that one video of what you learned. Um, certainly my journey has been, I've been learning stuff. And I just couldn't find anyone who looked like me or talked like me. Like you named Dave Ramsey and uh, Pete Matthews. When I started, I think that was it. Like, to be yeah. honest, me in front of a camera, just going, let's, let's have a... <laughs> and I know there's hundreds of us, potentially. Yeah. yeah. But... That's the amazing thing is that I didn't set out with the intention to be one of hundreds. It was just, I'm mm. just going to share my journey and that's what I'll keep doing really as well. So yeah, I just kind of, I just put it out there and just assume we just need to have more conversations about money. I think you're right. And I think that authenticity is important because if you're doing it to be the best content creator in the space, then you're going to end up creating content that's obviously um you know, transparently fake. Like if, if, you, if you're talking about your own journey and the things that you expect, like I'm, I'm the same. And I think most people get into content creation, especially in this space for that very reason, because they've had this revelation. They've um, watched a few videos on YouTube. They've potentially read a few books, listened to some podcasts, and it's resonated so much with them that they've applied some, some of that knowledge. It's, they can see it works and they want to just go and shout it at the top of a rooftop to everybody. So I think it's positive that, there's hundreds, probably even more now. Like I see multiple a day popping up on Instagram and which, which, which I think is a good thing. Must, yeah. I think it's quite hard. Now is definitely a hard time to break into this very niche space that we're in. Um, <laughs> I, th I think you obviously, I mean, you, you being one of the first ones in the UK doing it, obviously, and the quality of the content you created would have, you know, put you above the rest anyway. I think they would have done. But I think now it's quite a saturated market. And I, I wonder what your thoughts are on that. And be as honest as be, be honest, because I've I, got a I, wonderful analogy. <laughs> go on. Okay. So I'll tell you this story. Um, and it stuck in my mind. One time um, I was in Paris with um, the ex partner at the time. And around Paris, the Eiffel Tower, there is, a, you get this in London as well, you know, where people are selling all the stuff, all the souvenirs. Mm -hmm. So the whole way around the Eiffel Tower, was all these sellers with like mini Eiffel Towers, mini little souvenirs. And every single one, this was like a meter distance apart, every single one was the exact same stuff, exact same. But each one of those guys or girls, whoever, they were giving it barter. Every time you went past, they were like, oh, come here. I don't know, it was French, but you know, oh, come here. <laughs> right? They were selling like theirs was unique and special. Mm. Why was it unique and special? They believed they would get your business. And so every time I, when somebody says to me, it was too saturated, or I shouldn't do that. I go, okay, hustle like those Eiffel Towers yeah. salesperson. They believe that you're going to buy from, you need to buy yeah. from them. And so to be honest, if there's a thousand, a million, they're not you. They're not yeah. your secret journey, space, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter if only you and your mum watch your content at the start. It does <laughs> not matter. I don't, I don't even think my mum watched it. It was just me. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't matter because if you're doing it for a million subscribers in yeah. day one, it might happen. It might not. Mm. And I think that's what people sense. It's are you genuine? Are you wanting to help people? Um, the money space right now, my only thing is I see a lot of clickbait. Mm. And that, I don't enjoy that because I think that plays on people's 
fear you're just wanting watch time you just want right i would rather see somebody and this is what i'm going to focus on i want to see the best video that matters to you that is in that's good don't just put it out to scare me or to make me think oh i need to take it out of my investment so i need to do this give me something really wholesome give me something that means something to you and if it's one video a month I don't know if you've ever seen, is it Mark Ron? I can't remember the guy with the squirrels and things like that. There's one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like one video every month or one video every two months. Yeah. It costs millions of dollars to make, but 10, 20 million people watch them in the hour. Yeah. You want it to be like, people are like, yes, that is a video for me. So Eiffel Tower salesperson, mm. put out videos. don't worry about everyone else. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think regardless of what the space is, as long as you're doing it to try and help people, which hopefully, bar the scammers, which sadly there are many um, yeah. in this space, I think I think everybody is quite genuine. And it definitely, w whether you become a superstar YouTuber or podcaster, it's almost irrelevant because you're probably helping yourself by learning the stuff. I certainly did. That's what motivated me from the beginning and still does now. I constantly reading books and constantly listening to podcasts and learning new things every single day. And then whenever I learn something I find interesting, I then create some sort of content around it. Yeah. Um, and I think the ones that are doing it for clickbait, it's never going to, it's never going to last. They might get some sort of success, but they're never going to get that longevity. And I think the people who have succeeded in the space, um, you included the, those three big Mount Rushmore finance names that I mentioned, um, yeah. It, the, the consistency has been from the beginning you know the message has never changed you're not just because covid happened you didn't completely change your tactic and um you know start creating loads of content about bitcoin because at the time it was exploding and then that's just, you became the, the in thing you know if you're consistently talking about the the principles of money that work from the beginning and you're still doing it now through like two financial crises you know from when you started yeah. then obviously you're being authentic and i think um Content creation takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, which is something for the last two years I have very much learned. And <laughs> and and a lot of people don't have the patience and time to do it. So um, I always say to anybody, like, just 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 do it. Just spend, even if it's the worst video in the world, which mine definitely were. If you go back and watch, like, two years ago, I watched it the other day, actually, my first ever YouTube video. And it was the most, like, tinniest audio on my old phone. And it's quite awkward to watch now. But at the time, I was, I was quite proud of what I did because, like, I took that leap into, like, actually creating content. So I, I really encourage anybody and everybody to do it. So I'm not discouraged by the number of people talking about money. If that reaches more people, and like you said, that ripple effect, if that, if that person has 20 followers and just one of those people goes out there and, and does something good for their finances... I'm on board. A whole family, a whole generation that like you never know that one Absolutely. person. My whole attitude of money was changed by just that this is not good enough. You know, this, this is not the way for my life. Picking up books. Well, you don't know. Then, you know, my boys are seeing that. Also, the people around me um, and something that's very important. I'd like to think that it's a little bit different from other people that I'm kind of preaching and making sure I, I cover is about the concept of giving with money. And mm -hmm. I think that it's not just that we save, invest, and use money, kind of hoard it. I also believe it's absolutely got to have the giving principle there. And that mm. is a deep kind of spiritual level aspect of it as well. You know, every time I receive, I think, okay, I've been able to receive that, but equally I can now pass that on. This, you know, it can keep going on and on and on. Um, and I, I don't think there's too many people explain finances like that in that detail. So, yeah, I'm happy no. to be. No, you're right. I think, I think, um, 
or Dave Ramsey, but he's quite, he's obviously heavily kind of religious aspect stuff, which, which I believe you're, you're religious too. And do you think, do you think that, um, because you're religious, that is the reason why, or if you just, you know, I mean, I don't know if you're religious past or when you became religious, but do you think that kind of influenced it? Or do you feel like that's an innate thing that you had before? I, it was only really in my journey and reading different materials. So I read a lot of like kind of solid black and white financial books, you know, talking mm. about the stock market and then also moved on to prosperity books. So prosperity being spiritual laws around money and life design. And it was that when I start, I really looked at it and went, okay, this is a principle around money that is fundamental, you know, thousands of years old about the, they call it a tithe, but it's really just about a percentage, mm-hmm. like, and it's all about the philosophy I receive, but equally I can give out with security as well and know that I'm helping other people or giving, making things better. And I said to myself, okay, this one principle is the one thing that I'm, I'm really struggling with. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is how I was brought up was money came in but I didn't think about really anything you put in charity boxes you do think absolutely you know we Mm. all have that kindness in us but it wasn't a consistent thing that was in my mind and I just said to myself right I'm going to prove if this works I'm going to prove if this principle really does benefit me so I can then teach about it and when I started applying it and so I do that it's 10 percent minimum or Mm -hmm. Over and up, you know, that's what tithe means, isn't it? Is it t- and yeah, so I do is 10%, and that's my business, personal money, anything you know, in that respect. Mm-hmm. I then look for inspiration of where it's to go. So I'll say to myself, Is it to go to this person, this charity, this church, wherever? I applied that principle, and this is only me, it doesn't you know, but it was like I was able to 10 times my income. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm looking at my own journey this year where I could never have predicted getting out of you know what I've been through this year to come out of that and still be able to say okay I've been looked after that there has been money that I can recover I can be in you know go through all abuse and everything recover and be here today Hmm. so if that one principle I can equate as helping me that's good enough for me and so I'm going to keep teaching about why because at the end of the day we never know who's out there looking for that extra little inspiration to someone that they're struggling to pay a bill or they're struggling, you know, you walk people, walk past people in the street, you could be the only person that actually sees them and you go, do you know what? I'm going to ask you, do you want a sandwich? Can I buy you? It's mm-hmm. those kind of nudges. So yes, it does come from a religious backing, but I've also proved it in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really, some people really, really struggle with this. It's like, no, can't, I don't want to give. And I would say, okay, your way seems to be working for you. How about you try it? <laughs> How about we see, we just give it a go and then see if it doesn't change your heart in any way? What do you think it is that's within people? And I can definitely resonate with it because up until I actually, again, started learning and reading about giving away and the whole idea of the universe, giving it back to you. And, and I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm not religious. I'm not, I don't necessarily view the world in that way, but once reading it and actually internalizing it, Mm. I then started to give money away myself. And not only do you feel good, um, I don't know whether it's something that because you, because you're being more generous with your money and potentially your time, you, you kind of give up more of a, like a, 
back to authenticity you give off that kind of vibe if you do care about people and perhaps that has something to do with money then people trusting you and you are like you're more likely to be given money or your products have been bought or whatever it is that you're the service you're providing people are more likely to to trust you i wonder if that has anything to do with but then also the lack lack and growth mindset i think has a huge role to play in that um and i can it was only about three years ago before I kind of got all my finances in order. So I, it's very fresh in my mind, that lack mindset. And I feel like I've beaten that mindset out of me with a big stick now. And I think that is that part of me feels gone. Hopefully it is. But I can resonate with why people think that because they're just scared. They, they, don't, they don't know if money's going to come their way again. And it's not about needing to, so the way I teach it, it's not about having to hit 10% or a certain amount. It is, you know, if you're saying, oh, well, Jennifer, I can barely afford to my cost of living. There's not any food in the, you know, that can, it's like, okay, if it's not just money, if it's not a penny that you can find to give, you can still maybe think I've got a, a can of soup that I want, I see somebody else's needs. It's mm. that generosity mindset. Um, and, you know, in my place right now, where I have been able to pay the bills, even through an, a turbulent time and figure out stuff, I'm still being mindful that I see needs of other single people or women mm. and just go right this month I'm good I'm going to make sure that I help someone this feels the right thing to do I, I just think it changes your heart and your mindset I, I just think it's as simple as that and what I found is people come towards me as well with similar mindsets so again it, it's a pleasure to work with people mm. but I, like this conversation is lovely and incredible and I hope it's going to do ripple effect for you but would you have approached you know we've got a similar mindset then and that's the mm. great brought this conversation to me that then other people can benefit from as well yeah I, I i couldn't agree more um i think well from a perspective of growth mindset then do you think do you think people have that or do you think it develops i i think everyone has the built-in mm. trust growth love in there i think it's perhaps circumstance and growing up that maybe keeps it shut down so mm. for example i've got two boys their nature is to think about their friends and things like that and you know mm -hmm. i was i was just in the school there one of my boys wasn't very well needed camp all that emergency camp and he was saying oh mommy i couldn't find my snack but it's okay so and so gave me some of their crisps so that's a like a six-year-old. And I mm. I know for a fact lots of your viewers will be they'll be the, they'll have been the kids at the school with the pack, you know, you pack lunch, you're like, oh that's so and so hasn't got a sandwich. You wouldn't even consider if they don't have enough money, they don't have you're just like, oh well, I've got you can have half a sandwich, you can or sweeties, right? You can have some of my sweetie. Mm. It's, I think it's actually there. I think what happens is society or upbringing keeps it pushed mm. down. And sometimes it's about just reigniting it again, if you choose to. Yeah, it's the um, the corporate rat race, I suppose, that keeps you living living month to month and worrying about next month rather than your own future. And then once that is potentially in order, then you can then help other people. Um, I think I think you're right, and I agree with you. And I hope that's that's true because I definitely had a lack mindset, and I definitely feel like I have a growth mindset now. So I know it's possible. And the only thing that changed was applied knowledge. Because it can't just be knowledge. It was the knowledge and then actually seeing oh, the physical result. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, okay, um, last question for you. Um, I wanted to get from your perspective. Obviously, you've been creating content for quite a long time consistently. 
and I'm assuming there's a lot of analogies there to to finances. And I can feel after doing this for three years and um, budgeting every month and looking at my investments and uh, changing them and upping them and being I'm I'm really transparent with what I do with my my investments. I literally show my portfolio. I want other people to see exactly what I do, what I've done. Um, but even now, I sometimes find it hard to be consistent, even though everything's automatic. Yeah. Um, things like budgeting, like how do you how do you think people once they've learned this stuff stay motivated and also consistent oh that's a good question um again it's just another principle so if you are managing anything your time your energy your health you have to have some kind of plan and i mean obviously you know life is flexible but it's just that basic necessity if you you want a house to live in you know that you need food even on those fundamental levels they're going to cost a certain amount of money regardless hmm. and so in some way you might not want to budget but just to make sure that you're getting everything covered and that base for your basic needs you kind of need to and so that's what always keeps me going is every month the budget doesn't really change but there's lots of flexibility in there as well so I am an absolute firm believer in you should have fun money in your budget and obviously I'm going to say this with context I realize a lot of people might not get to that extent they're just kind of covering their means and I would really implore you to never think that you're stuck there never think that you're meant to struggle it's meant to be that you're open to ideas and opportunities and things coming your way as a whole you know there's lots of videos and whole other topic but a, a budget that allows for it should have fun money should have thinking about your future your kids future and um, giving um, all those aspects that mean that if you do want to and fun money I call really it's like your freedom money like do you want to travel do you want to go and educate you know go back to school and um, design your own home you should have that guilt-free money in there mm. and I think the problem with with some of the philosophies I'll use Dave Ramsey's name at baby steps for me I'm a bit mm, mm. I don't it's quite um, as perfect as a lot of people might enjoy it mm -hmm. I think that's what's missing in a lot of these quite black and white rigid rigid structures where you must do it this way you must do the snowball method you must do this there's no sense of the person being able to decide what's right so we paid off twenty four thousand pounds worth of debt it was not the snowball it was chuck as much money as mm. quickly as I, you know as i want rid of that debt yeah. it's as simple yeah. as that and i also started investing at the same time i also started giving so dave ramsey wouldn't you wouldn't be happy about that you wouldn't have, you might have me on one day. It's a lot, that'd be quite fun. Um, but do you know what I mean? For someone to tell me, you must do this, this, I get the logic, but where, where's the emotion? And it could be um, a little bit of feminine energy kind of mixing in with money. You know, some mm -hmm. money can be very black and white. We associate that with the masculine, very kind of, right, hunter, I'm going out to get, this is what you do. But I actually think we need that softness. We need that. Um, I would encourage like you and your partner have those conversations, listen to her worries, you know, decide as a unit, this is important to us, regardless of what the investments say. Okay, maybe we can go less in investments, maybe less savings, because actually we want to go to Disneyland or we want to buy. Do you see what mm. I mean? It should be that open dialogue with all conversations. Absolutely. I think that's what it comes back to what we said in the beginning. I I'm I'm very much more of a risk taker. She's very much um, somebody who is not. So having that conversation, it's interesting what you said there about that feminine en energy, because I think that is, that's actually really true. And I think the space, maybe it's just the people who I follow and the, the um, profiles that 
you know get put in front of me via the algorithm of youtube and instagram that sort of stuff but there does seem to be a lot of feminine energy in the finance space now and which can i think is only a good thing and i think the things that you're talking about um pop up on my feed pretty much every day now because if you think back like i mean again we'll use dave ramsey's name again but the pe people like him and people who are famous for um creating content about money before him and the books that are out there um unless you can correct me the, the 95 plus percent all men predominantly like very very few female books yeah. at the time. i couldn't find a female book i don't think when i started like six seven years ago now we're seeing obviously a huge wave of content yeah. creators and books which is incredible I, and this is i've got a book out as well and kind of working on some ideas I like the fact that we're getting this holistic picture. And mm. I also think it's okay to say you can decide what view is right for you. Like that's the way with all content. We can like people, we can like how they deliver it, but don't just absolutely do what they do without testing it out and say, actually, you know what, I respect you, but I don't agree with you on that part. Mm. Or, um, because of a lot of culture, money can be quite black and white and it worked for a lot of these gurus, remember it was their blueprint. So mm -hmm. they absolutely believe in it. Like they believe it's the right thing. And that's how you get it out to the masses, isn't it? People like, um, well, anybody who has a system of money, the only way to get it out to the masses is to say, do this, do this, do this, do this. You can't, you can't tailor it. Yeah, you can't tailor it to the individual unless you kind of have a sit down conversation like we are and ask, you know, specific questions and tailor your advice accordingly. Um, so I think that is potentially the old style, especially when it was a book before TV, radio, podcast, and that sort of stuff. It very much had to be kind of a little bit clickbaity of, yeah. you know, just do this and then this will happen. And yeah. I resonate, I resonate quite a lot with that because I, um, even though I, and I tend to agree with you about the baby steps, um, they were a very good starting point. And I think giving that giving that structure to something that has never had structure in someone's life, certainly for Absolutely. me. Yeah. to say have an emergency fund then get out of debt whether it's whatever method you use just yeah. just get out of debt and then you know start investing so if knowing that framework um actually if it gets you going and then afterwards you can kind of say actually you know what maybe that isn't the best method for me and then you can start being a bit more holistic i think i think that if it gets you going great but i i tend to agree the holistic approach i enjoy <laughs> good <laughs> there we go <laughs> Jennifer, I know your time is very valuable, so I won't keep you any longer. Um, where can people find you if they want to follow you, get your books or anything to do with Mama Furfa? Um, so I'm very thankful. If you search on YouTube, Mama Furfa, you'll find me pop up. Um, my YouTube channel is the main source really to me. I've got a website, mamafurfa.com. You can find me on Instagram. I'm not really on TikTok. Maybe, maybe I'll try. Um, you're missing a trick. You're missing a trick. I'll maybe try. I'll do my dance routine. <laughs> yeah. um, you have um, cats, don't you? if you search on amazon jennifer kempson you find my master uh, master money blueprint there might be more books coming down the line i feel that mm. spoiler. Um, a spoiler alert and um, but yeah you can find me based on youtube and instagram so thank you for having this has been a delight <laughs> no worries thank you jennifer